This is the Marketing Natives, providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Marketing Natives. Today, we have a very special episode because we have with us David and Kanya Wright with M&MW Coaching and Consulting, also known as Mr. and Mrs. Wright Coaching and Consulting. Uh, they started this company two years ago. They provide executive coaching, consulting, training, and relationship coaching. Uh, their passion is really helping their clients maximize their relationships personally and professionally in order to create the best possible life for themselves and the people they care about. Thank you for coming. That was good. Hey, Thanks. I enjoyed you that. should go with us everywhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't practice that. So that was the first time. Wow. One take wonder. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to ask, um, well, you guys both tell us a little bit about you guys first before we get into the business, because I feel like the title may throw people off. They're like Mr. and Mrs. Wright, um, you know, and then you threw that with the business. So let's let's uh, let's go back to you guys, because I feel like your story is kind of unique and how you guys met and what you started off and your background. So um, whoever wants to take away that. How long do we have? We're going to talk till we get the story out there. <laughs> well, 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 let's get to other parts of the podcast. My version and David's version are, are, are two different lengths of that story. <laughs> so if you want the four-hour mini-series, then we go with David's version. Okay. <laughs> no no then, problem. Let's you know, that's how we do that. Um, we both met at Ziegler Legacy Certification through the Zig Ziglar Corporation back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And we were in the first class of Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainers. And that was an amazing, amazing experience. If you're looking for some personal development that is way beyond anything that anything everyone does, it's way beyond anything they do. Uh, the Ziegler Legacy Certification certainly changed our lives for the better. You could say that. Yeah, definitely. Tom and I had been working together for a year and a half before he started the uh, certification class. So that was, it was a great honor for us to be in that. And I've been coaching now over 25 years. And so he and I started doing, um, he and I and Howard Partridge, one of his other partners started doing business owner workshops together, one day workshops. So I was bringing them in to do that. And so, um, we got down to the certification program and started certifying trainers. And then we started a coaching program Yes, that I was honored to ask to write and, uh, still doing that today yeah and we just started our first online certification this last week so we and we're still going to be doing them live two-day live events but also we're going to be doing it online now so that's exciting and that's how Kanye and i met that's how we met and so and we were at uh very different places in our lives when we originally met and uh pretty much a very God-ordained thing. We like to say we have an arranged marriage. God arranged that because we would have never thought that the other one would have ever been interested in each of us. So that was right. kind of a, and a so that was an interesting one. About three years ago, we got married. And my, as you said, my last name's Wright, David Wright. And so uh, we kind of played off of that. I always introduce myself as Mr. Wright, and she is Mrs. Always Wright. Oh, nice. <laughs> And that's why we get along so well. <laughs> and I tell ladies, if you ever get the chance to marry Mr. Wright, you should do that. Because uh, 
intense. It's uh, wonderful. Tom but you Ziegler, can't have mine. Tom Ziegler always, if we're doing something, he'll go, is always coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> but so. when then once we got together, our lives very, pretty radically changed yeah. as far as what we were doing. I was actually working for the Ziegler Corporation at the time, um, very immersed in what we were doing there. And we just felt pulled and called that there were relationships that needed mending. There were people that really needed to understand how relationship affects your business and your personal life. That really there wasn't an alternative out there that we felt fit that need at, at the way we could do it. And we were just that pulled. Relationships are your thing, and you guys are going to go out and do this together. So now we all of our training is pretty much a dual thing you get the he said she said version of it so because we're both on stage and, and there's a good banter there um our relationship coaching with couples and a lot of our clients are husband and wife teams who own a business together so a lot of small business owners who are trying to function in a relationship at home and a relationship at work and we are uniquely suited to speak into that and have really radically changed what we were doing even 24 months ago. Exactly. And a lot of our experience, I know uh, for years, I, every time I was working with a coaching client, a business owner, we would always get into the relational side of things. Mm -hmm. And Tom Ziegler and I work with uh, CEOs and, and entrepreneurs in our legacy coaching. And, w and doing research on that, what I found was the top two challenges that uh, CEOs or uh, C-level executives, entrepreneurs face are work-family relationships and work-life balance. And so, and usually it comes down to the husband and wife is, mm -hmm. is the crux of all of it. If you improve that personal relationship, it improves the bottom line at work. In mm. massive ways. Massive ways. <laughs> because everybody at work is playing off of you. If you come to work frustrated and wore out and upset about something, it impacts everybody in your organization. So um. there's an undercurrent that everybody can feel. If if you work with your spouse or not, that is going to come into. I'm, I'm sure you guys have even experienced that. You know what? Got something going on at home with one of the kids. There's just an underlying current. I'm not performing as well. I'm not doing as well. I, I'm not. I'm having much more trouble engaging today than I would on a normal day when everything is fine. Well, when you've got a relationship that's been going on for 10, 15, 20 years that is is going south because it's not getting the nurturing that it needs, then that affects everybody in that person's office. And we do C-suite focused things so that everybody in the C-suite can have their relationships functioning well because it does. It filters down. It ends up in gossip in the company. <laughs> Productivity goes down because everybody's talking about what's going on with the boss mm -hmm. instead of focusing on what we're trying to accomplish here. So it really does have a huge effect. It's hard to quantify, but it is definitely something that impacts. Well, I, and I know you guys find this too. Uh, I've got this quote that says everything in life and business is founded on relationship mm -hmm. and so we have a relationship with everything and really that's what you guys do you, mm -hmm. you're out there helping create relationships one of my mentors was a marketing guru that helped found the electronic music industry and he used to tell me he said david all marketing is is telling your story in a way that people want to come work with you or know you or get involved with you. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're doing. We're building relationships. And so a lot of times we're, and we have relationships not only with one another, but with our uh, 
favorite drink, our favorite food. <laughs> our animals. And I won't talk about what mine is right now. <laughs> but, uh, well, now you have me curious. Just tell us. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's Jif peanut butter. And yes. It's got to be Jif. It can't be anything else. We're trying to crunchy. switch to natural. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> Creamy. And so, but we, we do. We have relationships with everything in our life. And, mm. and so a lot of what we do is, well, how does that work, you know? And so one of, one of the things we do with organizations is we go in and say, how do you build a relational culture based on cooperation and collaboration? Hmm. Well, it comes down to one thing, communication. That's right. And so, which is another thing you guys are all about. Absolutely. So you're just out there communicating the message. And what we don't realize is our words have creative power, and we're always creating something with our words. Mm-hmm. We're either creating happiness and joy or causing people to question things by what we say or give a strive. strive <laughs> you know. Hopefully not so much of that. Uh, it happens. They're <laughs> little know. parcels, those words, but, containers. But our words are containers, and they're always creating something. But also, as you guys know, we, do, we communicate visually, uh, body language, tone, all those things we use. So anyway... I don't know if we answered their question or not. I don't know. Yes. You did. <laughs> no, that was perfect. That, I mean, you answered six of our questions. Yeah. Right? I was going to say, He's like, I was yeah, like I this know. is good. This is good. <laughs> we didn't give them the script ahead of time. I promise you. We, we've done this a time or two. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I think that it was interesting is that Christian and I had this, well, I think we were on different uh, positions on whether, like what that work-life balance is or like communication or like, how much do you talk about personal life at business? Because like, I don't remember if I'm not putting you in the doghouse here, but I think Christian was saying, no, like personal life is personal life and business life is business life. And he was trying to compartmentalize the two of the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then we both, you know, within two or three years, like ago, realized that that's not going to happen because if, I get upset with my wife or my wife's upset with me or Christian gets in a car accident. Like that's going to affect our business. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so I absolutely agree with that. Like 100%. So it's, it's not surprising to hear that, but it is, I guess, affirming to hear you say that that's like the number one thing. So it's like, take care of your people, relationships, and like just making sure that all of that's well, good. And and in that list, Tom and I have 10 things there that we deal with as leaders. Number three. So you've got, Relationships at home, mm-hmm. work-life balance, and then number three was relationships at work right. with mm. your team. Mm-hmm. And so it all boils down. Everything on that list, those ten things, comes back to relationship in some way. We mm-hmm. just don't think about it because it's we just do it. Every, we get up and do it every day, and we don't even think about how it's impacting it's us. It's just a habit. Other. It's just a habit. Well, and for you guys... There is a place for that within your personality. If your personality is that way that says, I, I have to compartmentalize this, and that's part of one of the things that we do with married couples and with teams is part of your what we call relational needs. And so if your relational needs involve stability, and then you really do need to compartmentalize that so that, that it doesn't affect you all the time, mm-hmm. right, and, and keep you off balance. But it is naive to think that it's not going to affect you at some point. So we, we talk about that. And so your relational needs are different from your relational needs and your relationships at work are super important because you spend more of your waking hours with those people at work Mm -hmm. than you do with your 
people at home. And people, when people get laid off or a, somebody closes or whatever, it, they don't think about the relational impact. And so you have all these people who's, and especially for men because they're wired that way in their DNA to provide their identity is wrapped up in their work. And so if somebody gets laid off or if their, their company closes, it takes away part of their identity. And mm-hmm. somebody says, oh, well, you can just find another job. Well, it's not just about what I'm going to be working at. It's my identity was tied up with those people. That's my work family. I had concerns about them. We were invested in that. And so understanding that actually makes the transition a little bit easier. There's a grieving process. you got to go through all those things. But it's all relational. And so for you guys, you guys in a partnership, I mean, it's a business marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really, really is. Yeah. And so understanding that, understanding each other, makes you be able to achieve your goals much better because you know how to relate to each other. It's important. Awesome. Yeah. At what point do... I guess your clients come to you with these problems. Is it is it something that you think every business needs some sort of <laughs> yes. you know relationship? I don't or is know, it, is yes. it, does it go to this point where okay, we need some outside help in here? Well, I, it's a couple of different ways. Yeah. That, um, I've got we just worked with a company up in Massachusetts, and I've been working with the CEO for several years, the owner of the company. And then he had Kanye and I last year come in and do a week with, with him and do some planning, some things like that. The Marketing and Natives podcast is a production of Bit Branding. He just, and it always comes up. They, <laughs> most, most people say, come in and help us develop our leadership or our business plan or whatever, work with our team. And as we get into it, they go, well, Hey, I got this other thing. (laughs) And so he he was very transparent about he and his wife were partners in this business, but he said, relationally, we're struggling. We need help on that side, too. And so we were able to talk with them and give them some insight in how to to deal with that so that they, because they were taking work home. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty much Uh 24-7, you know. And so they were trying to figure out how to balance that. And so we were able to speak into that. Sometimes it's by referral. Um, they We just did something for them and their team where he called and said, hey, can you guys do some things on uh, what it help us with communication and self-awareness from that standpoint? So how do we relate to ourselves? How do we show up? Why do we show up the way we show up? And so he asked for that. So part of it, we were already coaching with them. Some of it's referrals. Some of it's we talk, if we go talk and share like we're doing with you guys today, um, people hear about it. So it, it's different ways. Well, you can, it's kind of like you think of a virus, right? You got a virus in your body. It's, we'll go with, you know, chicken pox or whatever. So you've, you've got this bump that comes out on your face. Mm-hmm. Well, if you just treat the bump on your face, well, you might be able to cover it up or you might be able to stop the itching there. But if, unless you stop the virus, you're not going to fix the problem so they usually come up with whatever the bump is there's a bump somewhere mm-hmm. and we've got this problem can you come fix this problem and and they're looking for the cover-up eradicate it lancet do something and then we uncover well we've got this virus going on and that's when it usually comes so it's, it, nobody nobody comes to us and says hey our, our relations in our company mm-hmm. they just need some help right. and so we want to get along better because you 
here again, quantifying that. You right. can't go to your you know, CFO and say, okay, we're going to allocate this much money for this because we want our relationships to be better. And the C- they say, okay, what does that mean for the bottom line? Well, we don't know. We know it'll be better, but we don't know what it is. <laughs> Once we do come in, though, they're like, wow. Things are getting so much better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a backwards thing. There has to be a pain point, Mm -hmm. generally, first, unless you're really wise and you go, well, we need to establish great relationships first. Yeah, a good example is we we worked with an organization up in Montana last year, and the owner originally brought us in because he wanted his team to be more cohesive, uh, to work better together, and be more uh, effective. And he knew if they were better at what they did, then the client uh, would be happier and they would serve them better. And so once we came in and we we just said, okay, look, we can do that. And we came in and worked with them and we started with a one-day training where we did a lot of assessments and uh, (laughs) relational assessments and introduced them to each other. That's really what it was. (laughs) It was... Oh, that's who I am and why I'd say what I say or do what I do. Oh, that's why you talk the way you talk. You're not mad at me. That's just your natural manner, you know, your behavior pattern, the way you're wired. And so once they got that, and then we went through about six, eight months of coaching with them, uh, it totally transformed their office. And their their patients, they were an audiology clinic. Their patients were coming and going, what have you guys done that's so different here? Yeah, the atmosphere in here is so much different. I, so, I, I enjoy coming here. Yeah, so now they're even getting more referrals because of that. And so it, it, it worked out really well for them. So. But he couldn't put his finger exactly on no. what was wrong. You know, he wanted, at first he wanted, I think, to, to blame this person or that person who seemed to be the issue, who seemed to be causing the problems. But really it wasn't that person causing the problems. It was just that they were different from everybody else in the office. And one example was, and we we did that relational needs profile that we do with our couples, and you had, everybody has three, and one girl in there, her top relational need was affection, and so to high fives, the back slaps, the the fist bumps were important to her. Well, when we went along, everybody else in the office, affection was at the very bottom of theirs. Mm-hmm. So she thought everybody in the office did not like her because she was not getting fed what she needed, mm-hmm. and everybody else in the office like. No, we love her. She's amazing. She's wonderful. But they didn't know that she needed that kind of interaction in order to feel valued. And once they discovered that, she was like, oh, they do like me. Okay. <laughs> you know. And But you can go along thinking for a long time because of what you're receiving and what you're perceiving from your environment that something that's completely untrue. It was completely untrue. They, they loved her. They just had different ways of showing it than what she was in need of. Yeah, and and that, that's why I asked that question is because, I mean, for me, you know, I mean, every company has problems. Sure. So it's hard to pinpoint and say, yeah, that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. relationships. That's, mm-hmm. re- that's relationship uh, between coworkers, between our clients. That's not working. So it's interesting to, you said that, that everything boils down to relationships. Mm-hmm. It, it, it always boils down to how we relate and how we relate is how we communicate. Mm-hmm. And it's out of our communication that, uh, we create connection and out of connection comes community. And so, and out of all that, we eventually end up with culture. And so, but what we find in the companies and organizations and families that have great culture 
it starts all the way back up there with the way they communicate mm-hmm. and connect to one another. Mm-hmm. And so understanding, uh, I know one of Kanye's high needs is affirmation. So if we work on a project together and I just go, great, we're done. And I walk off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like following me. And I'm like, <laughs> you forgot something. <laughs> And so, you know, and even with something as simple as, <laughs> I'm probably, I'm not throwing her under the I'll bed. She knows that. It'll be all right. But it's something, something as simple as she makes me a grilled cheese sandwich. Mm-hmm. She wants me to let her know it was good and the way and the butter. And, the, and mm-hmm. she wants me to tell her all the great things about it because that feeds her emotional bank account. Right. Well, if I do that, if I say, honey, can you get the, yeah, baby, honey. Hey, whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> it's well, like, hey, can you give me some more Jif? Can yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep exactly. me stocked in Jif, babe? <laughs> well, because cooking is not necessarily something that I go after and want to do. But if it makes you happy, I'll do that all day long. Right. And it's the same in our relationships. We were working with a couple who, she's very kind of detail-oriented, bottom line. He's very exuberant, very excited, likes the new thing. And I said, and she was trying to get him to do bank accounts in a certain way and all these things in their business. And, and she was telling him why it was necessary. I said, don't tell him why it's necessary. Tell him how great it's going to be and how you're going to impact the bottom line. And there's going to be more people that are going to be so excited. And when you do that, we can scale our business and help even more people. She's like, really? And I said, uh-huh. I said, you got to speak his language. I said, he'll hang the moon for you mm-hmm. if you speak his language. You're still going to get what you want. You're going to get it all done, but he's going to be excited about doing it instead of it being a chore so okay for you guys's approach okay i guess whenever we're talking about this it seems pretty obvious to me that most people have a lot of the same problems Mm -hmm. and they're just different (laughs) ways to communicate with people on how to fix them when you go into an organization are you thinking like do you like sit down with them what's your process i guess is it like okay we do this one thing really good and we're just going to take pieces from this box to like help people and this is like a package deal of how we like deploy what we're doing or is it like each individual person or each individual business is getting a little bit more customized to them it's it's a it's kind of a hybrid of what you just described here. okay and so we we do what we call a discovery session where we we talk with um the owner and like the our friend in in massachusetts we had a call with him and he was sharing with us, here's what I want to accomplish. Right. And then we had a call with him and his CEO. He's the executive director and the owner of the company, but he's got a CEO. And That's so we him. got her input. Mm-hmm. And she's like on the disc scale, he's an S, which S's are very empathetic, very people-oriented. They don't like confrontation. So, and But she's a D. She's a high, she's driven, bottom line. Don't give me all the details, just what's the result going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we got both of their perspectives so that when we went into it, we had a better understanding of everybody else on the team and some of the things we needed to address. And it does come out when we do the assessments and work with them. And then as we move into the, the coaching side of it, we have a better understanding of what your need is versus what Christian's need might be. And so we tailor it to that. And, um, yeah, it, it's not a, while the principles work and they're true, it's not a one and done kind of thing. It's kind of hard to 
they grow. The Here's the business in a box. Yeah. The skeleton's the same, pretty much the same, because we can get what we need out of those assessments and those questions that we ask. But then when we go to designing what it is that we're going to do just for you, it's based on the environment. How, I mean, how long you've been in business? How long are you doing this? What are your objectives? What is your bottom line? And so it's, it's customized that It's way. understanding who we're working with. So like the team we worked with in Montana, most of them on the disc were S's. So most of that whole staff was... Uh, if you're going to spend time with them and give them information, you kind of have to slow down, mm-hmm. put it in a way that they can process it. Make it okay. Because S's like to process. They like to feel secure and things like that. Now, uh, if I'm in an organization like, let's say, a sales organization, and most of the people in the room are what we call high eyes. <laughs> high eyes are the party people. They they, they never start a conversation like, okay, here's what we're talking about. They they start, hey, what'd you do this weekend? What's going on? What's your favorite? Whatever, you know, and they're great. They had to learn to ask for the sale, but because they just have a great time. They make friends instead of sales. (laughs) And they use the word feel a lot. Well, here's the way I feel about that, you know. And so if I'm talking to someone that uses that terminology a lot, I go, okay. So... (laughs) I shift kind of the way I interact with them and engage them more from a feeling and an emotional standpoint, and they get it. We had a we were at dinner last night with someone, and <laughs> Lord, he was fist bumping everybody and just off the charts, you know. And, I'm, and so I'm laughing and cutting up and doing it. Worn out, I was exercising, but. but but he loved it, and he got it, and he engaged, mm-hmm. and so th- that was it. And so we, we were able to do that. But understanding those things helps us when we go in and work with someone, know how to tailor what we're talking about. Right. Because it's real important. It's, it's speaking somebody else's language. Yeah. If, I, if I'm not back to you know the husband and wife where she's all the details. But the other thing that we do in a, a lot of cases is we teach, especially your upper management, how to speak to those that are different from them because they are just frustrated because they feel like they've communicated and communicated and communicated and communicated their message, but it just wasn't being received by those people that weren't hearing it in the same language they were speaking it. Well, and there, I just thought of something that with, with the other thing I work with executives on is there are four things we all want as human beings. We want Number one, we want to connect. And so we want to feel like there's community or connection or something. Uh, number two, we want to be a part of something that's bigger than we are. Yeah. We want to feel like we're making. Uh, and then the third thing is we want to feel like we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. The fourth thing is we want a sense of significance. And so part of what a leader has to do with their team is here's why we're doing this. Here's the benefit of why we're doing this for the customer. Here's the benefit for our company. Here's the benefit for you personally. Right. And here's the, here's the outcome. And here's how this is going to make a difference, not only for us, for our vendors, for our customers, but for the community at large. Mm-hmm. And so when we can communicate around those four things, people have a sense of ownership then, and they go, okay, I'm in. Exactly. Because we all want to make a difference. We don't want to just be the the, the, the production unit, <laughs> you know, producing the work all the time. We want to know we're doing something significant. And you are. Yes. <laughs> so with that, 
well, you work with, I'm guessing it's not always easy to work with, with other businesses. Has there ever been a situation where you guys were going to go work with somebody and it's, you're trying to talk and work with their team, but it just is not going to work out because there's certain people on the team that aren't receptive or is there always usually some kind of resolution that, you know, it comes back to where it should be? What happens generally is once you go through those assessments, and, the, and there's several of them that we use, and some of them are proprietary to us, that it highlights for those people if they're in the wrong place on the bus or if they're on the wrong bus. Oh, and cool. usually they will self-select out of there. Now that if they don't self-select and say, you know what, I'm not in the right place or I'm not on the right bus, then it makes it almost painfully obvious to the powers that be that this is not going to be something that we can continue with and so we either need to you know promote them into a different area do something different with them or help them find a position that'll be good for them and it's not a contentious kind of a thing it really sometimes the best thing you can do for somebody is to help them out of your organization Mm -hmm. so that they have an opportunity to flourish where they're supposed to be so I, i don't know that we've ever had anybody that we just couldn't function with now, there's a, I, I was thinking of one situation that relates to what you were saying, that somebody somebody on the team who had been there a long time was kind of pushing back from the process we were in, and the owner was frustrated because this person had been there so long, and, and the owner felt like, well, wow, this person is, has been the, they're the one who knows the most, does the most, blah, 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 you know, and, and he goes, I don't understand what's going on. And so after several months of working, we came to the point um, where we realized for this company to scale and grow, mm-hmm. they have to find somebody else for that position because you've outgrown that person. Right. And it's time for them to go find their next thing. Yeah. And so we just had a conversation with the owner about it. And it's, it stressed him a little. Sure. He had never had to deal with that before. But once he had the conversation with them and they were very fair with the, with the person and asked them to go find their next place and uh, just really was the giving whole a nice changed. severance, everything in the office changed mm-hmm. and boom. Productivity, Productivity went up. Yeah. Packed at the bottom line positively. And he said, oh, my gosh, I would have never done that right. if, if you guys hadn't given me the insight. And, and it was good good for the other person, too. It worked out. What's the timeline look like for somebody? You come into an organization, say you came into Bit Branding, came into another friend of ours company. Mm-hmm. What is the timeline? Like, is there different timelines where it's like, okay, we come and work with you for X amount of time? Or it's a little bit at the beginning and then we do stuff later, like, you know, once a quarter or what's the... It's, it is all custom, first of all. So, like, we started out with that one office, and we were just coming in to do a day. We were just coming in to do a day. And so if we come in to do a day and, and you're fine at that point, then it's like, okay, keep going. Let us know what you need. If we've uncovered now, here's some more pain points, you know. It's like if you go to the doctor and you get a... CAT scan and they say okay we found this now we got to come back and do the surgery then that's mm-hmm. what we do 
So it just depends on the situation. And so it all depends on your people, how receptive they are. I mean, if you've got the, the one stalemate that's been there for 10 years who's really trying to keep it close to the chest and they don't want you to know what they perceive as the issues are and their, their part in it, then you kind of have to dig a little harder. But if you've got a team that's they're focused on what needs to happen and they discover this is how I communicate, this is how we can get this moving down the road, then a lot of times they're motivated and they keep going and they just need to come back in once a quarter, once a year and have a refresher kind of a thing. So it just it it widely varies. Yeah, and so a lot of times well sometimes a lot of times what we'll do we'll go in and do the full day. And then, um, like, the, well, like a couple of the companies we're working with now, then they'll say, can you coach these people on our leadership team mm-hmm. to make sure? Because we all, the, the awkward phase we all deal with is when we're trying to implement something new. Mm-hmm. Implementation <laughs> yes. is, is where we, oh, yeah, I understand that. And then we start to do it and we freak. You know, we go into what I call the panic zone. And <laughs> but that's when we need somebody to come alongside of us and help us exactly. get past that. You know, I always read. I remember when I first started playing golf, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just hitting a ball, you know. But I remember the day I teed off, and I knew exactly what I did wrong. And then I'd stepped into the learning zone then, man. And then I grew and and got to where. I'm still not a great golfer, but I love exploring the course now. <laughs> so, but that that happens with all of us. So a lot of times we'll do a full day, then six months of coaching, and then yes. we assess where are we at. And so uh, we and the owner will go, we're good. Mm-hmm. Let's look at it six months from now. And maybe we'll have you guys come back. Or sometimes they'll go, no, let's keep coaching. Don't leave us. <laughs> or we'll uncover some other issues. Exactly. And they'll go, hey, can Next you come phase. in and do another workshop on this? Do a half day on this? Or let's focus on whatever. So, it is, Well, they look at the trajectory. And we graph this out with people and say, okay, where were you going? And, and where would you be now if you hadn't gotten any sort of intervention, any kind of improvement? And they go, oh, it would have been the same, probably worse. And then we grab, well, okay, where are you now? Because, and, and when they start to look at the difference between where they were headed and now where the trajectory has changed, it's impactful. And they, they're like, we want more of that. So then, then you do, you do that, that more coaching and those things. But, you know, at some points it's like, okay, we've got this. We'll call you back in or, and we'll do this a little bit more later. So it, it's just a constant analysis of what's going on. It's custom. That's, uh, I don't know, that's a very good insight. I guess I'm kind of internalizing that for myself as well. <laughs> Do we need to have a discovery session? Yeah, 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 yeah it's absolutely. I'm still live on air right here. Live on air, here we go. When we were speaking earlier, I was like, wait, does that mean that the questions that he was asking me was just to try to get inside my head? <laughs> to see how to talk to me? I'm not using the word feelings anymore. <laughs> Don't deny who you are. Because the, one of the things that we do talk about is you need all four of those kinds of people. You need those people. And there are opposites to your personality profile. And for me, I'm, not, I'm what a high eye. If people aren't familiar with the disc, they're going to go, we don't know what you're talking about. But I'm, I'm the exuberant off the charts. And the people like accountants and, and engineers and things who are very detail-oriented and need all the facts, I drive them crazy. I, I drive them absolutely nuts. 
and they infuriate me. <laughs> so, but I know that I need those people. I need accountants in my life. I need a keeper to keep me lassoed to what I'm supposed to be doing today. We all need all those people. And so part of what we teach people and what comes out of it is how to talk to those people. So I, now I know if I'm dealing with somebody who's that C personality, I have to slow it down. And I can't talk about how I feel, <laughs> to your point, because they don't care. And it's not that they're, they're heartless or they're cold. It's, that doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't have an impact with them. If it has a detail and a bottom line and here's the graph and here's the function and here's the way it works – then they, they resonate with that and they will charge down the road. But if I start talking about how much fun it's going to be and how it, they're like, that means so little to me. So I just have to, but I, if I want to get what I want, then I have to speak their language. Mm-hmm. Go to Mexico and try to get something off the street. You got to, you got to say, por favor. So. <laughs> Oh. So we're, I don't know, we're recording this in the middle of September. It's almost the end of the third quarter, starting the fourth quarter. What does the rest of 2019 look for you guys, look like for you guys? What's in, what's, you know, what do you envision for 2020 and, you know, where do you want to be? Where do you want to go to? What is it? What does success or the future look like for you guys? You I know, right? Those are great <laughs> questions. You, you must be reading, what is it, leading with questions yeah. from our good friend Bob T. Yeah. So it, that's a great question. Actually, because we have been in this fast forward mode for the last two years, three years, it really is about scaling up and helping those couples of influence to influence their people. And because if they can, if you're a couple that runs a business and you have that high impact, high influence, there are eyes on you everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't go to the traditional, you know, group and let's go talk. And the, they, they need specialized things because they have specialized issues. And so if we can speak into their lives, get them communicating really well, it doesn't just impact the two of them. It impacts their children. It impacts their future grandchildren because they see how mom and dad relate. It impacts every relationship that they come in contact with in their business, whether it's their clients, whether it's the people who work for them, because they see, look how well those two are doing. We want to emulate that. And so it's about getting in touch with and really for us kind of specializing in that area of helping those people of influence be able to make their impact that much greater. And so we're really kind of focusing more towards that. And, and so, so just on a boots-on-the-ground kind of way, we've got... Uh, well, you're teaching coaching. Yeah, coaching I've got right several. Right. The man doesn't sit still. <laughs> yeah, I've got several <laughs> things coming up this last quarter. Uh, working with Ziggler, Tom and I have some new executive coaching clients. And then uh, we start off the year speaking, and so... Get to go to San Diego. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, definitely awesome. kind of so, that um, that's kind of where just logistically things are going. So, just looking, what's next? It's very much where the Lord leads us, kind of thing. When most days. <laughs> so. What would you like to get to in 2020? Like, what would be like? You know, there's never really like a, a stopping point, but mm-hmm. and some people put like a number to their business or whatever. I don't think we want that answer, but more so a 
like, hey, we've helped or we've impacted this many people or we've helped this size of business or we've changed the trajectory for this company? Like, what, how do you guys define success or what would be something that you're trying to reach towards for, for 2020? Well, I, I think it's a great question. That's some of the things I've been working on yeah. uh, and we've been talking about. So a part of it, uh, we do basically three things. We, we coach. Uh, and we do executive coaching, personal development coaching, and relationship coaching. So we're, we're going to be focusing on building those out. We do speaking, and so we're going to working on building out our speaking platform. He's and, about to say something else. And workshops. <laughs> and so we go in and do training for organizations and work with organizations. And then the third thing we do is, is uh, right. write and create <laughs> resources for people okay and so uh you know zig zig said i influence a lot of people when i go speak back when zig was speaking he said but where the life change comes is when they buy a book or a tape or a cd right. or whatever and so we know that that writing and creating resources is a part of what we were supposed to do right now Kanye's working on a book Will be published in 2020, yeah, so right? That really yeah. is a good uh, part okay. of that. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and I'm working with uh, Ziegler on a couple new um, coaching programs and things we're doing to, to impact the people they, they work with. And then a friend of mine, one of my coaching clients, actually, and I are, are working on a little book. Uh, and so... And that really is kind of our next thing. So for 2020 to be successful, to get those books into print, to get those things published, to get them into the hands of other people that we can't impact in person. Mm -hmm. And so there, there really is a message that we have, and, and we feel because of our, our personal history and backgrounds in business and in relationships, we are unfortunately or fortunately uniquely qualified to speak into, but you can't touch everybody in person. So putting those things in print to answer your question would be to get those books printed, those first two. We have six outlined now to date. Six or seven. Yeah. Um, and so it's there's there's a lot to say. We just need to get responsible about putting it into print in a way that people can digest it. And what's, so, yeah. the, what's the first book going to be about? Uh, the first book actually is about your relationship with your Heavenly Father. So that's the first one. Um, the second one is following the nudge and just about those nudges that you get in life and following those through because they they are introspective, but they manifest in ways that are great for you. Okay, I need so. you to finish these books. <laughs> right. So no, yeah. no pressure. I know. Well, thank you. I need the pressure because I'm not high. Yeah, I know it's in stone I, right, with your podcast. I, I follow the she portal. It, she so. made it public. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you made it public. <laughs> I know. Well, maybe Mexico would be a great place to write. Okay, we'll do that. And with the book that I'm writing, I we had talked with an agent and talked with a an editor, and I had put kind of everything in there that I wanted to, kind of the nuts and bolts, and discovered that it was about as dry as wheat toast. And yeah, it's about your personal. You you have to put your personal in there. So the the reason it's taking longer is because it's going to be better. So I'm really actually rewriting the whole thing at this point with the stories and with the interjection of why it matters. You know, I, you can preach to people all day long or you can, you know, teach them the nuts and bolts all day long. But until it resonates with them, 
It doesn't matter. Right. They won't, they won't finish it. They? No, they might not get past the first chapter. Nobody wants to be lectured to. <laughs> you know? So, so speaking of that, we're going to speak more to, or talking about that, we're going to speak more to Kanye and move into some, some high eye kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> David's like, Oh gosh, what the heck's about to happen? <laughs> so this is a very simple question. And then we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into some more fun stuff. Okay. Prepared? Sure. Go for it. All right. So, this is, like I said, very simple, very easy. What do you guys attribute your success to? And, and how do you define success? I guess that would be a, a, in addition to that. So two parts. Success uh, is defined as what you do with your God-given gifts. It's not compared to anything that anybody else does. It's not a, it's not a money line. It's not a what you have. It is what you do with what you have been given. So, And, and the success that we have has really been attributed to surrender. Yeah. It is actually is a lot of our, our catchphrases, you have to surrender. And when you surrender to what you're called to do, when you're surrendered to doing it in the way that it's supposed to be done and not necessarily the way you want to do it, it works. And you, you get much farther than you ever dreamed possible. Yeah. One of my favorite authors is a gentleman by the name of Mark Batterson. And and he says that, uh, God's gift to you is all the talents, the abilities, the passion, the potential that he's put in you. Your gift to him is how you maximize that. Yeah. And so my goal in life is to maximize everything that's within me and to touch as many people as possible with a positive transformational message. And so yeah, uh, and been, that's that's every day. That's kind of what drives us. I, I think I had been trying to do my my life my way until about the beginning of 2016. And and did well. I mean, I've got plenty of gifts, you know, and, and sales and, and speaking and that sort of thing. And it just wasn't something that resonated within me or within my audience until I actually surrendered it. When I actually surrendered it, it became so much greater. And, and things that I never would have dreamed were possible, including, you know, marrying you. So because we fight sometimes. We we want to do it our way. We want to make it happen. And we're very much two-year-olds in the process of, I do, I do, me do, me do. And when, you know, parenting, you guys have kids. And no, neither one of you? He's about to. You are about to have a kid. 38 weeks right now. Oh, hallelujah. I th- why did I think that you had kids already? Maybe I, I just think you're great dad material. Two nieces and nephews. That's it. <laughs> So it came to me one day, I was lecturing one of her daughters, and I'm like, listen, if you'll just do what I tell you to do, when I tell you to do it, your life will be great. And But they want to fight back, and they want to do it their way. Well, we're that same way. And if you believe in a creator who created you, then you probably need to believe in what he has for you. And if you'll follow what he has for you when he tells you to do it, it's going to be greater than anything. He's infinite, and and I'm just right here in this little spot. So, you know, me do is not nearly as impactful as he do. That's very interesting. I've never heard of someone say that you attribute success to surrendering and and talking. Yeah. Talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say that. I think before we ask our next question, I want to say that that's like on the record is probably, and I ask this question to people a lot, Mm -hmm. not just our podcast, like Christian and I ask people these questions and whatever else. And, but I ask other people who are successful and everything. Nobody's ever given that answer, but it's absolutely the best answer that I've ever been given. 
I'm so glad. <laughs> it was. It's a got it. It's not a me. And that's what happens when you start when you start just being the vessel and, and letting it work through you. It's it's cool. I mean, it's exciting. <laughs> See, now I know that about you, and I didn't do that on purpose, but to tell you that you did a good job in telling us that. But <laughs> I wanted to go. Yes, I did it right. <laughs> but it was for real. Thank you. Oh yeah. Just so you know. Just so you know. He's my favorite. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So this is another one of our fun questions that we like to ask. Um, and we actually stole this from someone else, right? Yeah. yeah it was similar. You give credit the first time, the second time you say someone said, the third time you say we always ask. And so there you go. That's the way that works. Um, you did it so right. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life? Could be in the last six months or in recent memory. This usually stumps people, so we can kind of play Jeopardy. We can, you know, we can go back here. Well, I, I'm trying to think because there's been a lot. For me, it comes down because I assess those things. So it comes down to different. I can think of a lot of things. When it comes to books, uh, there's there's two or three books I have that I read every year because they, they've impacted me that much. Uh Two of them are by Bob Bodine. Mm-hmm. Bob lives here in Dallas. Um, one of them is called Two Chairs. And Two Chairs, real quick, is if God knows everything, he's everywhere and knows everybody, why aren't we asking him for advice, uh, for advice every morning <laughs> about our business and our life? You know, So he says, take five minutes and sit down. God gets one chair, you get the other. You get one minute to ask your question, and then you have to be quiet. For four. For four minutes and listen. And 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 Kanye yeah. added journal to it. So Because I can't be quiet for four yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it's amazing what, what you hear and what oh, comes out of that yeah. as you journal. Uh, his second book is The Power of Who?, uh, and which is an awesome book on the new model for networking because the old model is not working anymore. And so it's an awesome book. I read that every year. And then the third one is by another Texan, uh, Gary Keller. And he wrote a book called The One Thing. And and that that's a powerful book. And I love his question in that book. What's the one thing I can do right now that will make everything else easier or unnecessary if I accomplish it? And we boil everything down to one thing. You get your one thing done. All right. What's your next one thing? But before that, you just focus on that one thing. So those those books i think have impacted yeah books would probably be um mine would be jenny allen's book anything yeah what's that okay tell us her name well and it it ties right back into that january 2016 that just that surrender kind of a, a moment and her book she was um pastor's wife kind of grew up very middle class you know and had the the latte and the suburban and the house and and the whole thing and i'm not going to quote this correctly but this is just the way that i tell the story her one day she's reading a blog and it was a gal who had gone to africa and she was a, a middle you know high class american girl who had you know been the homecoming queen and whatever but she'd gone on this mission trip and she decided she was staying in africa 
and she runs an orphanage for 14 or 14 girls or something like this. And, and so she's this, you know, blonde little petite thing in Africa running this orphanage, right? And so Jenny is reading her blog and her story, and it just comes to her that, man, there has to be more than this. And so at that point, it's like, okay, Lord, anything you want, wh whatever it is, what do you want? And, and it's just, it was that moment of surrender and that anything. And, and that book hit me at that time because that's what I was ready for. And I think that we get involved, we recommend a lot of books at a lot of times. And we say, you know, you need to read this. And I think that we try to be pretty sensitive to where the people are in that moment, because not every book at every time is going to resonate with every person. And so that hit me at that time. And two chairs hit us at, at that time. And when you're ready for it, those things will kind of appear to you. And, and when they do, and, and sometimes they'll appear two or three times. And that's that little, you know, that you're like, Oh, okay, maybe I should follow that nudge. And so that'll be a book that everybody should read at whatever stage of their life when, when we do publish that one. But I, I think books are probably one of the most powerful purchases you can make for less than a hundred dollars. Yeah, there's a quote by a, um, somebody that I really admire, and his quote is that if you're even thinking about buying the book, buy the book, mm -hmm. because it's worth, if you get one thing from it, it's worth, it's waiting. I think I think it was a Ramit Sethi, yeah, he said if you just put it on your bookshelf and just not, not even read it for a year, that's fine, just exactly. buy the book. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that, Christian, because... <laughs> Here we go, there's more stories. I had, and I, I believe that, and I buy things. And so there was a book that uh, I had gotten years ago. I was at a workshop and the author was there and he was just starting out then. He's become very well known now and doing very well. But I got his book and literally it is set on my bookshelf right. and we had it in our library. And for I was praying one morning doing my two chairs and felt like, that's the next book you're supposed right. to read. And I said, okay. So I read this book and it was just like, oh, why hadn't I read this book before? You know, and then I started taking it, the principles and coaching with them and it's changing my clients' lives and it's, it's on finance and how to, how to, uh, actually create probably well yeah it's oh, michael mccallowitz it's profit first it's yeah. oh book. yes oh <laughs> oh my gosh yes high fives high fives no we are it let's create so it's very wow that's goosebumpy we really i finished that book on audio, faster than heck, then read it again on written yeah. Yeah. as soon as I got it within a day or two. And then I was talking with Christian. I was like, we have to do this. We have to do this. So now he has the book. Yeah. We're figuring out our banks and stuff like Good. that to get all that. But Good. yes, it's powerful. It's powerful. So, and, but to your point, I'd had that sitting on the shelf for a while. And uh, so a couple of my clients now are, are reading it and doing it. And uh, it's, it's changing their business. And so I, and it's, and it's just so to me, once I read it, I was like, duh, this Basic, is so right? practical. And but it speaks to the personality type of the entrepreneur. Sure. It does. And it, that goes back to what we, we talk about with all of our personality types. If you're an accountant, if you're an engineer, it does not speak to your personality type in any way, shape or form. But if you're an entrepreneur and which more and more people are in this day and age in commerce, it's a it's a powerful thing, but you're absolutely right, and you should say that again. If you ever want the the book for whatever reason, buy it uh, and put it on your shelf. It was what two o'clock in the morning, and and I'm up for whatever reason. And Max Lucado's Glory Days had been on my shelf for 
who knows how long like on the top shelf it's like seven feet up and I'm sitting in our little library and I'm like and it just like shouted at me (laughs) I was like okay I guess I'm reading that one next and it's about following those nudges and it was exactly what I needed at the exact right moment so even if you don't need the book right this second it'll come back to you yeah 20 bucks better spent there than at Chipotle right Oh. Well, I don't know. It, that could be a lot of gif to, to yeah. Depends on how hungry. No, yes, absolutely. Yeah. People will get mad at about it. Uh, <laughs> as long as I can drink coffee, I'm good. Okay, you can still have you can still have coffee. That's Yay. fine. Did we answer that question? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I wrote them all down. <laughs> now we have a list of all these books. <laughs> yeah, I get this one. Get this one. I've read that one. Get yeah. this one. Check, check. Okay. Okay. All right. So in the last five years, what's a new belief, behavior, or habit that has most improved your life? There, I feel like there's maybe some overlap here, but. Yeah, I'm going to say surrender. Yeah. I, it's interesting. Um, and I, God kind of sets you up sometimes when you don't realize you're being set yeah, up. Often. And so when Kanye was talking about reading Jenny Allen's book in January of 2016, well, that same month, I was in a mastermind with a couple of uh, business owner friends, and one of the guys came in, and uh, he started saying, guys, I'm doing this new thing. I said, what are you doing? He goes, you know, I have my s- schedule and my agenda for the day, but every morning as a part of my morning routine, I go, okay, God, I surrender this to you. And go, if this isn't what you want me to do today, that's fine. If I don't get it all done, that's fine. I come home happy knowing I did what you wanted me to do. And he goes, it's amazing who's showing up in my life. And all these cool things just appear and all this cool stuff's happening. Well, here I am, Zigglerized to the max, you know, and they're the head (laughs) coach (laughs) and the training and goal setting and achievement. And I'm going, no, dude, you got to set goals and you got to do this and you got to do this. Well, God really started dealing with me about try it. And so it's okay to set goals and have a plan and all that and have your target, but just try it. So I started doing that the same month she did. And it, yeah, and it was six, six and six months later when God went, she's, you know, she's the one and you guys are uh, supposed to get married and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, yeah, I've arranged this. And I, I told Kanye, I said, if I hadn't started practicing that point of surrender, I would have ran. I would have went the other direction and said, no, that's not the way it should be. And so for us, that's the big shift in the last five years. And the quiet just, time, the, yeah. the, the purposeful quiet time. Well, one of our friends, Melon Pillay, has just really poured into us in that um, just taking time to think and reflect. Mm-hmm. And one of my mentors was is a master at that. And he takes a half a day a week to do nothing but think and reflect and plan. And then he takes uh, one day a month, a full day a month. Then he takes two days a quarter. And then at the beginning of year, he goes away for a week to think and reflect and plan for the whole year. And so I asked him when he, he had the organization he had founded and then he transitioned out of when he left it. I asked him, I took him to breakfast and I said, if there's one thing you would do different, what would it be? And he goes, I didn't plan and reflect enough. And I went, you're the master. (laughs) What do you mean? He goes, he said, 
most people look at that as time lost. He goes, it's time invested, and it gives you back so much more. The more you do, the more you get back. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing Melvin's been sharing with us in in his experience. And so that's the one thing we've really, we've got a day in our week that's set aside for just thinking, planning, reflecting, and and, um, looking ahead. And so, Well, and we hadn't shared that with, we just graduated a couple last week actually out of our uh, relationship relationship coaching and and we asked them what made and we we mapped out their trajectory and what made the difference and it was time with god and quiet time and mapping it out but the funny part was is when we got ready to do their uh next year what are you going to do for the next year and and how are you going to now do this they were they didn't label out that quiet time and i said guys you said the one big thing was this quiet time and you have it fitted in here. And so we challenged them to do the, the Claude and the program of that half a day. And she, they were like, we don't know if we can do that. We, you know, we've got so much going on. I'm like, okay, guys, if you were getting their investors, if you're going to invest in this investment, this amount of time and this amount of money versus this investment, same amount of time, same amount of money, this is a $1 sign return. This is a $3 sign return what are you going to do? And they're like, well, that one, I'm like, okay, well, you just identified that this made the biggest difference. And so they did it. And she texted me back the other day. She goes, it's amazing. I did the half day and I had all this result. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, but we need, but that's why we have, that's why we have a job. That's why there's coaches. That's why you need coaches is because you need those people to highlight that for you and to really say, this is good for you. You know, coaches bring out of people what they didn't know they could do. Or what they already knew. Or what what they even knew they could do. Say, and then, you know. It's in all of us. All we do is draw it out. Yeah. yeah that's, that's And it makes the world a better place. When, when we can draw out of people their greatness, their world is better. The whole world is better. So that's fun. I don't even remember what the question was now. I don't either. <laughs> The five years. Okay, so this is probably going to be a short list, but depending on how you... Have you met us? I don't know. All right, what do you guys think that they're... What do you think is something that you guys have failed at? Do we fail, or do we just find out a way that doesn't work? I don't know. It depends on how you answer that question. Well, you know, I always think about... um, I, I think about Edison and the light bulb, right. you know, and the guy said, well, you failed 10,000 times. And he said, no, I just found 10,000 ways it won't work. Right. And so that is kind of my mindset. Then John Maxwell's got another great book called failing forward mm-hmm. that we tend to see if, if, if it's a continuum, we, we think failure is backwards and success is forward. But failure is that it's like a baby learning to walk. What do they do? They fall down. Then they, and what do we do? We pick them back up and go, great job. <laughs> you fell down. <laughs> do it again. Exactly. Nobody ever says, you dumb baby, go sit in the corner. You're never going to learn this. We're all walking, right? Most of us anyway. And so, <laughs> but, but it's, for me, that's it. Failure is just that, okay, you only fail if you fall down and stay down and give up. And so I did, there are things we could do better. Sure. 
well, like I, not eat as much chocolate. But did you have to do that one? Um, <laughs> sure, well, I wasn't going to say peanut butter. <laughs> there, there are goals that we haven't yet achieved or timelines that we didn't hit for sure. Um, but, and I don't believe in necessarily having regrets. I, we, if you learn from it, then it was beneficial. Right. Yeah. No, I figured that's how you were going to answer, no. but I didn't know. And I don't want to assume that's what we unexpected that time. Well, and one of my, my favorite coaching questions is, um, so if a client's telling me, oh, I tried and da, 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 and the market's done this and da, 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 and I don't know how we, and I can't and da, 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 I didn't hit my numbers and whatever i'll listen and then i'll just go what are you going to do about that and that always stops everybody and they go oh yeah (laughs) and every now and then they'll go well but i can't because that and and then you have to ask it again so what are you going to do about so what are you going to do about (laughs) no because we have this tendency to kind of get in the weeds of our own drama which i have no drama by the way (laughs) <laughs> that's a that's a very good segue <laughs> into that yeah <laughs> i'm here for you i'll let christian ask this one um again this is a question that we ask all the time uh do you guys have time to watch some netflix we do netflix yeah. we do the netflix what's something that you've binged recently or a show that you're really So, yeah, she was into the Marie Kondo one there for a while. You know, if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it, which I think is a great concept, by the way. Ours are more just the movies. You know, yeah. we're going to go yeah. search out a rom-com and, and find that or a, or a, a Marvel, you know, Doctor Strange is, you know, kind of one of our favorites and Iron Man and those sorts of things. But um, we're we're pretty eclectic when it comes to that. But we're not going to sit down and, and just binge unless we get stuck standing in the family room binge watching whatever Laurel is binge watching. <laughs> Sherlock. And um, we got stuck watching Sherlock. Um, and I can always binge watch West Wing or oh, yeah, MASH. They love yeah. So I, I think MASH is probably one of the best written shows ever so if you've got that on hulu you ever watch yes i was forced to watch not forced sorry i was i I was had the privilege of watching mash back when i was uh mine was though for a while third rock from the sun was was kind of one of mine and then um what's the other one oh big bang theory (laughs) so you like the space (laughs) kind (laughs) of Now, you look back at MASH now, I mean, obviously you guys are younger than we are, but uh, it is some of the best written just on a human level of how you treat people and how you relate to one another. And it was it was considered, I don't even know that it was considered crazy liberal, but at the, at the time, if you looked at it, it was very forward and very advanced on how we relate to one another and how you treat your fellow man. And I think a lot of my... Per- personal ideas about life and how we relate to one another were based out of that really i mean oddly enough but uh. i watch a lot of youtube videos and 
they do a lot of call them video essays, right, and things like that. And I'll be curious to see if that. I mean, there's probably something along the lines of what you're talking about right now. In fact, they did a study of households in the, this. They don't know how this correlates, but the households that watched MASH weekly, the kids had higher IQs than the kids in the households that didn't. So I'm like, well, of course. <laughs> that's a statistic that I can stand up behind, and that's me. Yes. So, but it, it was a very well written show and well done show. I say. And but now there was a lot of suggestion in there that I didn't get as a kid, but you know, <laughs> it's like, oh. Wow, didn't know that was in there. <laughs> I did not know. The, that's probably good. Being oblivious is good sometimes. It was ignorance was the bliss. Yes, in that case. Awesome. All right. So, how can our audience, how can everybody find out more about Mr. and Mrs. Wright? Mm-hmm. You have to know somebody. <laughs> really, I mean, right now it's been yeah. by referral only. But you email us our our uh, website's right. parked right now because we're redoing it, but. Because, yeah, just Kanya, C-O-N-I-A, at com or David, which is much easier to remember, at com And so that's really that our that's business has been basically referral only up until now. And so we've been busy with that because a lot of what we do is of a sensitive nature. So you really want to you want to be that by that referral. So call us. We'll do a discovery. It'll be fun. But the, can you say the number out loud, too? That will also help me for... Uh, uh, or the best number, anyway, because I'll do put we, that. Do we need the best number besides the the Kanya and the David at Mister and Mrs. Wright? You know, ironically, yeah, I know. Ironically, people still dial that phone. They Not really as much, do? but yeah. So I have to, you know, get that for you. So Make sure we'll, we'll do a go. slow zoom on Kanye right now. <laughs> Pull, pulling out the glasses, um. pulling out the phone. The number is. The number is. Well, if you want me, you got to dial 469-912-1153. And if you want David, then you go 469-712-6786. Perfect. That'll be good for the show notes, too. Awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. This was it's our pleasure. pleasure. I hope we did something for you. We love talking about this. Yes. No, I feel like we learned a lot too. We're just kind of like absorbing everything. Absolutely. There's definitely, again, like I said, it's things that you already know, but you need someone to come in and just say it for you as a firm or say it for you. And you're like, oh, yeah. I remember reading about that. I remember saying like, um, so yeah, I mean, everything that you guys have, have said, it's it's been really incredible and eye-opening too. Uh, and it's really, really cool what you guys are doing right now um, with your consulting and coaching business. Um, and we're excited to see where, where it heads. And the books, we're really yeah. going to put you guys on, on a, a deadline here. <laughs> it, is, it is recorded now. Anybody who listens to the podcast, that's Kanye's number. Go ahead and text Go and call and her and ask her about How the book. How you doing? How's that book? Is it still wheat toast or does it have some flavor now? <laughs> so definitely looking forward to, to that and what you guys come come with and, and during the future. So, all right. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the marketing natives. This was a special episode. We do once a month where we bring in local business owners who are just killing it in their industry, doing great things in the community. If this was your first time listening next week, we'll be back with a regular scheduled episode where we're breaking down unique tips specific to industries. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on those tips as what we were talking about is very up to date. So you can stay ahead of your competition. And if you 
are one of those people who have been listening for a while and you're like, oh, I've subscribed, but I've never list, left a review. Please go the Marketing that. Natives go iTunes, Podcast is a production of Big Brand. Make sure to let us know how we can make this podcast better, whether it's more guests, whether it's more topics. That way we can continue to bring the podcast that you guys enjoy. Thank you and have a great week.